Well, good morning. Welcome to this time of worship. I hope as we've just sung that, that it is well with your soul this morning, that you could sing that song uh, uh, with all of us this morning and be grateful for all that God has done for us in Christ, no matter what this life may bring our way. We're delighted that you're here this morning. Thank you for joining us. We're going to be picking up this morning where we left off last Sunday, Easter Sunday, looking at a text in John chapter 21. Now, if you were here last week and you were following along with the message last time, there was one central, solitary lesson from our time together last week on Easter Sunday, and that was this. A risen, ruling, reigning Lord Jesus changes everything. He changes everything because Jesus came up out of that grave on Easter Sunday. Nothing will ever be the same again. That's what these first disciples learned on that post-Easter fishing trip on the Sea of Galilee. Now, we looked at that last week and we saw that these guys were professional fishermen. They had fished all their lives. They knew how to, to bring in fish by the boatload. But on this particular uh, morning as they uh, fished on the Sea of Galilee, they caught absolutely nothing. In fact, the text tells us in John chapter 21 that they'd fished all night long and caught nothing. Why? Because they had to learn, even as we have to learn, that a risen, ruling, reigning Lord Jesus Christ changes everything. Everything has changed because of Easter. That means we can't go back to the old ways. We can't live by the old standards. We can't pursue the same goals anymore. The old life, none of that works anymore because Jesus has risen Everything has changed and change just becomes a part of our lives and we need to learn to embrace it because it is through times of change that Jesus reveals Himself to us. His presence, His power, His provision, all of those things He wants to reveal to us through times of change. And as those who live post-Easter like we do, we need to understand that nothing will ever be the same Again, so when those times of change come into our lives, we embrace them and we look for God's power, His provision. We look for His presence in new ways. He will reveal Himself to us in new ways because everything is changed because of Easter. Well, this morning, we're going to look at a second lesson. And this second lesson is just as important as, as the first. And honestly, it may be even more important because not only does a risen, ruling, reigning Lord Jesus change everything, but listen to this. A risen, ruling, reigning Lord Jesus also challenges everything. He challenges everything. He challenges our profession of faith in Him. He challenges the depth of our commitment to Him. He challenges the reality of our love for Him. He challenges everything. Now, last week, maybe it was a little hard to understand that a risen, ruling, reigning Lord Jesus changes everything. Maybe that was a little hard for you to grasp. Well, it may be even harder for you to deal with this lesson that a risen, ruling, reigning Lord Jesus challenges everything. So I need to ask you something this morning before we actually look at the text. Can you handle a hard message? Can you deal with a hard 
question. Can you really face these challenges that Jesus is going to give us today? Let's look at the text beginning with verse 15 of John chapter 21. Now, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Jesus said to Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, tend my sheep. Then he said to Peter the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? So Peter said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Now, remember here in John chapter 21, these disciples, all of them gathered there alongside the shore with Jesus, had just finished eating breakfast. Jesus had been loving on these guys. Jesus had been meeting these guys' needs. Jesus had been telling these guys, listen, if you'll just keep your eyes on me, even in times of change, you're not, you don't have to stay up all night fishing. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to fight through times of change. I'll meet you in those times of change and I'll walk with you through those times of change and I'll reveal myself to you and I'll show you new depths of my presence and my power and my provision. So that's what's been going on prior to the verses that we have read. But here in John chapter 21 verse 15, suddenly with these disciples sitting around the fire, Jesus singles out Simon Peter and he drops this bombshell on him out of nowhere. He says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now this comes out of nowhere and sort of catches Peter, I think, off guard. What is Jesus doing? Well, Jesus is challenging Peter. He's challenging his faith. He's challenging his commitment. He's challenging his love. Now let me ask you a question. Why did Jesus single out Peter and ask him, do you love me more than these? That is, do you love me more than these other disciples who are gathered here? Why did Jesus do that? Well, I want you to think back uh, for a moment to what had happened to Peter maybe only about a week prior to the events we've just read about here. Think about what happened back then. If you go back to Matthew's account in chapter 26, you'll see where Jesus has His disciples together and He's talking to them about His impending arrest. He's talking to them about all that's going to follow leading up to His crucifixion. And He says in verse 31 of Matthew chapter 26, "...this very night you will all fall away on account of Me." For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be shattered. Scattered, excuse me. The sheep of the flock will be scattered. Uh, now, Jesus was, of course, talking about His betrayal by Judas. And He was talking about the fact that the disciples were going to absolutely abandon Him. But do you remember how Simon Peter responded when Jesus told his disciples this? Look at verse 33 of Matthew chapter 26. Peter says, Lord, even if all of these fall away on account of you, I never will. And then if you go down to verse 35, 
Peter actually says, Lord, even if I have to die with you, Jesus, I will never disown you. I'll never do that. Doesn't matter if all these other guys fall away. I will never do that. Now, here's what Peter was saying. Peter was saying, Jesus, you need to understand. I'm committed to you. Jesus, you need to understand. I'm going to be faithful to you. Jesus, you need to understand, even if everybody else leaves you, I never will. You can count on me, Jesus, because nobody loves you like I love you. Nobody else is committed to you like I'm committed to you. Jesus, nobody else even comes close. You see, Peter thought his love for and his commitment to Jesus was so strong that it outweighed the love and the commitment of all of the other disciples combined. But you remember what happened, right? On the night of Jesus' betrayal and arrest, Peter denied Jesus not once, not twice, but three times, the last time with a terrible curse and an oath. He said, I tell you, I do not know this man. Now, John chapter 21, seated around this fire with Jesus, with all of the other disciples listening, Jesus asked Peter, Simon, son of John, do you really love me more than these? And Peter replies in verse 15 and he says, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, there's something dramatic that's happening here that you really can't see apart from the original Greek language of the New Testament because you see in the original Greek language of the New Testament, there are at least three different words that can be translated love. The word Jesus uses here when He says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He's using the word agape. You're probably familiar with that word. It speaks of the highest kind of love, an unselfish, sacrificial, pay-any-price kind of love, self-emptying kind of love. It's, it's the love Jesus demonstrated toward us on the cross. So when Jesus says, Peter, do you agape me more than these? He's asking, Peter, do you, do you really love me with this intimate, unselfish, sacrificial, pay-any-price kind of love? But when Peter answers and says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you, well, he doesn't use the same word for love that Jesus used. He uses a completely different word. In fact, if we use this word today, and it's the Greek word phileo, if we use this word today, we probably wouldn't even translate it love. We would probably translate it in most contexts like Jesus, I like you. This, this, this word means to be fond of someone. It means to regard someone with affection. And, and you can like someone a lot. But this word doesn't mean that you're willing to lay everything down, even your life, for that person. So watch this now. Jesus says, Peter, do you love me with this deep, self-sacrificing, self-emptying, pay-any-price kind of love? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I like you. Why did Peter say, I like you? 
Well, because he understood that Jesus is challenging him. He's challenging the depth of his love. He's challenging the depth of his commitment. He's challenging the reality of his faith. See, Peter knew that in spite of all of his boasting and all of his bragging and, and, and all, of, all of his zealous declaration that, that he loved Jesus more than anybody else, he understood in that moment that his words had not reflected his life and he came face to face with that reality. So he says, Jesus, I, I, I can't say anymore that, that I love you like I ought to love you. I thought I did. And, and, I, and I really hope that I did, but I really didn't. So all I can really say, being honest with you now, Jesus, is that, that I'm fond of you. I, I have some real affection for you. All I can really say right now, Jesus, is that I like you. And look at what Jesus says in the last part here of verse 15. He says, Okay, Peter, feed my lambs. In other words, Jesus is saying, yes. <laughs> Peter, you're, you're, you're finally being honest with me. You're telling me the truth now. No more lies. No more self-righteous boasting. No more bragging. No more fooling yourself or fooling other people. You're finally coming clean. You finally stopped putting on a show. Now I can use you, Peter. Feed my lambs. Lambs. Church, listen to me. A risen, ruling, reigning Lord Jesus challenges everything. He, he's not fooled by our religious words. He's not fooled by our religious activity. He isn't impressed right now that I'm standing here speaking to you and that you're sitting wherever you are listening to me. He wants us to come clean. He wants us to tell Him the truth about who we are and what we are. He, hey, He already knows it. He already knows that. But He wants to know if we know it. Because until we know it and recognize it and admit it, Jesus is never going to be able to do all that He wants to do in our lives and with our lives. In our own homes, in our churches, in our communities, in our nation or among the nations. So, do you know what Jesus really wants this morning? He wants the same thing from you and me that He wanted from Simon Peter. He wants us to stop acting spiritual when we know we're carnal. He, he, he wants us to stop acting like those sins aren't in our lives. And He wants us to start admitting that they are. He wants us to come face to face with the reality of who we are so that He can do what He wants to do in our lives. He wants the truth. He wants us to come clean. He wants us to stop putting on a show. Because until we get to that point, Jesus will never be able to take us from where we are and get us to the place that He wants us to be. A risen, ruling, reigning Lord Jesus challenges everything. So that's verse 15. Look at verse 16. We see the same thing happening again. Jesus is continuing to probe Peter. He's, he's continuing to challenge Peter. Once again, he says to him here in verse 16, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you agape me? And Peter replies, and he says, yes, Lord, 
you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Now, Jesus again is recognizing that Peter's being honest because again, Jesus says, Peter, do you agape me? And, and Peter replies, Lord, I phileo you. I, I like you. I, I can't say anymore that I really love you with this sacrificial, pay any price, lay everything down kind of love, even though that's where I want to be, that's where I thought I was. I, I can't say that anymore. I can only say, Jesus, that I like you. And Jesus replies again, and He says, Peter, that's what I want to hear. Thank you for being honest with me. I can do something with that, Peter. Tend my sheep. And then look at verse 17. Jesus comes to Peter a third time, and He says again, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And look at what it says. It says, Peter was grieved because Jesus said to him the third time, Do you love me? That word grieve literally means to be hurt. It, it means to be deeply wounded. Do you know that sometimes when, when Jesus challenges us, He has to hurt us? He has to wound us? Not because He wants to harm us, but because He wants to help us. Like a good surgeon, sometimes Jesus hurts us or wounds us in order to help us, in order to heal us, in order to make us well again spiritually. So this verse says, Peter was grieved because Jesus asked him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me. Why, why do you think Peter was so deeply hurt? Why do you think he was so deeply wounded? Do you think maybe that the third time Jesus asked him this question, it reminded him of the three times that he had denied his Lord? I think probably so. But you need to understand this goes much deeper than that. You see, the first two times that Jesus asked Peter if he loved him, he said, Peter, do you love me with this kind of selfless, sacrificial love that I'm looking for? Are you there yet, Peter? And Peter could only say, no, Lord, I, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I, I want to love you like that. I, I hope that I'll love you like that, but I've got to be honest. I, I'm not there yet. So, watch this now. The third time... Jesus, in His incredible grace, comes down to where Peter is. And this third time, Jesus doesn't ask, Peter, do you agape me? Do you love me? Jesus really asked, Peter, do you like me? He, he uses the same word here this third time that Peter has been using. This is grace, church. This is Jesus saying to Peter, Peter, because you've told me the truth, because you're being honest with me, finally, I'm not going to force you to come up here. You're not ready for that yet, so I'm going to come down there. I'm going to meet you where you are. And from there, Peter, from there, I'll take you to the place I want you to be. That's the challenge Jesus is confronting Peter with, and it's the same challenge He's confronting you and me with this morning as we come out of this Easter season. Listen, it's easy for us to proclaim, He is risen. 
It's easy for us to sing the, the victorious songs of our faith. It's, it's, it's easy when we look at the empty tomb to say, Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we're committed to you. Jesus, we're going to be faithful to you no matter what, when the reality is maybe we've just lied three times. And as strange as it may seem this morning, it may be, it just may be, that what Jesus would like to hear from you and me this morning more than anything else is, Jesus, I haven't really loved you. I haven't really been committed to you. I haven't really been faithful to you. I want to be. I've prayed that I might be. But I'm going to be honest right now. The most I can say, Jesus, is that I like you. You're important to me. But I'm not there yet, Jesus. But if you'll just, if you'll just lift me up, if you'll just help me, then my friend, I promise, Jesus will say to you this morning the same thing He said to Simon Peter. Yes, I can do that. I can do that. In fact, that's what I've been looking for. I can do that because I can move on any level. I can take you from wherever you are and I can get you to the place I need you to be if you'll just be honest with me. You know, we've got to stop playing at religion, church. We, we, we've got to stop playing the Christian game and start being for real. We've got to start letting God know that we failed. He already knows it. You know, He's not fooled by our spiritual words. He's not fooled by our church gatherings. He, he's not fooled by the big Bibles that we carry around under our arms. He's not fooled by the show that we put on for everybody else. He knows we've blown it. He's just waiting for us to admit it so that He can begin to do something with us. You say, but pastor, I, I come to church. Well, don't come to church. Come clean. Would you come clean right where you are today? We're not even in church. So you can't come to church, but I'll tell you what you can do. You can come clean with the Lord Jesus right now, this morning. You can say, Lord, I've been a hypocrite. Lord, I've been acting out of charade. Lord, I'm not what everybody else thinks I am. But I come to you this morning in honest and open confession and repentance. I want to love you. I want to be committed to you. But this is where I am, Lord. Help me. My friend, if you'll do that, if I'll do that, then Jesus will do for you and He will do for me exactly what He did for Simon Peter. He'll meet us right where we are and He'll lift us up and He'll begin that amazing process of taking us from where we are to the place He needs us and wants us to be. Listen, my friend. A risen, ruling reigning Lord Jesus changes everything. Nothing can ever be the same again. The old ways, the old priorities, 
the comfortable, the predictable, the explainable. That's not part of the vocabulary of the Christian life because Jesus came up out of that grave. He changes everything. But He not only changes everything, this risen, ruling, reigning Lord Jesus also challenges everything. And He's challenging you and He's challenging me today. Do you really love me with this self-sacrificing, pay any price, embrace any cost kind of love if you're not there yet? Jesus just wants you to be honest and He'll take you from where you are and He'll take me from where I am to the place He wants us to be and needs us to be for His honor and His glory and His fame in our homes, our churches, our community, our nation, and among the nations. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank You for this time. Thank You that we serve a risen, change, a risen Savior. Yes, He changes everything and He challenges everything and neither of those things are very comfortable for us at times. But Lord, You have a plan and a purpose You're working at and You're just waiting on us to come to You so that You can take us from where we are to the place You want us to be. Thank You for this time together today. Thank You for hearing our prayer Thank you most of all for your Son, Jesus Christ. He really does make all the difference. And we ask this prayer in His name. Amen. I hope you have a great rest of the day. Join us now as we worship together with this next song. And we'll see you again, Lord willing, next Sunday.